everybody. What's up? Welcome to the Triforce Podcast. Hello. We're all sick. Well, I'm not actually sick. These two pussies are sick. Uh, um, we almost didn't even do the podcast today, but they're here. They're going to power through. So let's give them a big hand. Lewis Imperian. Good job, guys. Come on. I knew you could do it. I, I knew you guys could do it. I knew you guys could muster up the strength to get it together. That's right. Dust yourselves off. Put your helmets back on. Get back in the game, motherfuckers. Get so, back in the game. <laughs> so uh, no, I've just got a bit of a sore throat. It's been it's been off and on, and I don't know what I don't I don't I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm fine otherwise. Uh, P Flex, yeah. what's up with you? Have you got like some various child sickness that rotates around from one of the grimy, grimy, gross, snotty kids? Exactly. Um, I I think that I mean my youngest um, was laid low for like three or four days by it. And she, she like got it just towards the end of half term, started to have an awful cough, like rattly chest. She sounded like an old steam engine, an old timey steam engine, like one of the really early ones that they were working on. A chuffer. And they, it wasn't, yeah, and they, but they hadn't quite perfected the technology yet. So it didn't do much. It just made horrible barking noises. That was pretty mm. much her cough. Man, when, when your daughter was sick, there's, I don't know if your kids do this, but my kids seem to like, it doesn't bug them when their throat is... You know, like sometimes you get really phlegmy and your voice goes all like like old grandma-y, raspy, right. I've been smoking for 80 years sort of thing. Mm. When, when my kids do that, they don't bother to clear their throats. They yeah. just keep talking. Like, hey, yeah. dad, dad, can I, have a, can I have a cheese string? And you're like, come on, clear your throat. I, I can't like, even understand like, what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, they just don't even understand that simple. They don't care, yeah. They're yeah, just like, funny. whatever. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and she but she learned to blow her nose, which is a which is a big one. Otherwise, they just sniff all the time. And I'm like, that makes you sicker. Yeah. Got to blow your nose. So now she's 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 cracked it. She can do the nose blowing, which is good. Oh well, yeah. that's, that's an important cool. skill, and life skill. Learning to blow your nose. You you don't even realize knowing my, to clear my... your throat when you're going and blowing your nose. These are no, skills. Yeah, yeah. You be very gentle though. You shouldn't blow your nose like a trumpet. You should be gentle. Well, that, yeah, no, like my son, when your... you say blow your nose, you put the tissue up to his nose and he just like goes like crazy. Like I sometimes I think like more than just snot's going to come out. Like wow. he, he blows super hard. Uh. But then my daughter doesn't know how to blow her nose, but she sees my son doing it. So she wants to copy him. Right. So if you put the, like if you say to her, like, come blow your nose, she'll like, she'll run over, like all excited and everything. And then if you put the tissue close to her nose, she just goes, yeah. <laughs> I think she's doing it. It's pretty funny. funny. I well. feel like when I get sick from something uh, now, like in the past, it used to be, I'd always know I was getting sick because I got that thing at the back of my throat where you could just feel germs just settling in. And you oh, think, mm. you can feel them like writhing yeah. around. And you and think, uh oh, I, I, I get the impression something bad is going to happen here. But now, because oh. I get so many different germs all at once from all these damn kids and they're mutated germs that have been they've been on the playground of like life you know they're just going from person to person they're like it's they're like running from ride to ride it's mm. like when they go around the classroom the germs come in and it's like they've been to a theme park and it's closed no one else is in there and they can just go on every ride and they're just hopped up on sugar and they're just charging around so the germs get to me and it's a totally confusing mix of symptoms like one day i'm okay the next day my eyes are running mm. do you ever get that thing in the middle of the night sometimes when your throat is really really dry and oh. so there's like a dry patch in your throat and you wake up coughing yeah. And like swallowing, trying to like lube it up and get I rid had of that it or whatever. Last night, that was last you, night. 
Do you, do you know what that actually is, though? Go on. It's a spider in your throat. Oh, is it? They crawl in, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes they crawl like up in through your nose or whatever, and oh, they get like man. quite low down there. And he was just trying to get out. And they're t- they they get stuck and they try to aggravate you a bit and stuff. And yeah, so that that dry patch isn't oh, actually it's dry a patch at all. I had spider it's a throat. Spider spider damn. just got right up in there. Yeah, he was just in there. That's just, a damn shame. He was exploring. He just wanted yeah, to see what was down there. Doing spider you know, things. Just, just found a cave and he was like, "I'm going to go check it out." And then next thing you know, yeah. You're swallowing and killing him, so... I don't like the sound of that. What if it was Spider-Man? What if that's how he got started? He didn't get bitten by a radioactive spider. He's just swallowed so many spiders at night. He sleeps with his mouth open right (laughs) near a really old piece of furniture that spiders yeah. live in and they just always yeah. every d- night they're like let's go lads down the down the mouth his great shoot. his great grandfather's armchair yeah. <laughs> just like sleeps next spiders. to it with his mouth wide open <laughs> yeah. Peter, if yeah. you eat that many more spiders you're gonna turn into a spider oh grandma <laughs> it's too late Oh, shit, man. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's how all superheroes get started. Yeah. You know, maybe they're just subjected to something over and over and over again. And that's what gives them their power. Their body just mutates, like, according to the environment to whatever. And I like that. Boom. They become superheroes. That could be, like, a thing, though. Because that's, like, nowadays, we don't like superheroes to be too super, right? Like, we like them to be strong, but yeah. we like them to have like more human characteristics and have weaknesses and stuff like that as well. I think they have so to be, they have to work. suffer emotional turmoil, like yeah. m- millennial level emotional turmoil. Of, oh of yeah. What, what's know. my place in the world? And you know, I don't oh, understand me. My parents are so I? mean and all that. Yeah. That's literally their life. It's just half of comics now is people staring at the, the moon and looking gloomy and thinking, Oh, I wish I didn't have all these amazing superpowers. Uh, my parents hey are, on the topic uh, of the moon though um yeah the, well you you heard right about these seven it. planets oh yeah that they, that they found and in, i in saw this... your your quip i'm not sure lewis checked twitter in time <laughs> <What's this>? he, <laughs> he, he, he said that maybe now there's a chance you'll get a girlfriend there lewis because they found seven new planets and one of them oh, might be habitable. it's increased the odds right seven like now there's like even more of a chance yeah. you might man i'll take you might, those odds. might hook up with a chick yeah thank you sir. so yeah so they found seven seven earth-like planets in like the the goldilocks yeah, like, zone of this of this dwarf dwarf star thing yeah yeah yeah. and Uh, um but they're 39 light years away i noticed that they were all like super close to the sun okay because it's such a cool star yeah yeah. big red dwarf they're all like i think i think we are i think earth is one astronomical unit away or something that's one au that's what we define as one au is our distance so it's the the distance but they're all sort of 0.01 au like they're like yeah Yeah. a lot i mean we're pretty far from sun to be fair. Yeah, but if it's not, if it's, it's about 2,000 times less bright than our sun, apparently. Yeah, right, but so is, that's it, like, is it that's like a substantially... lot bigger? Or is it... It's very big. It's a cool star. It's still fucking hot, but it, it's cool. So is cool it going to be in the sky? Be like a massive. It would be red... big in the sky, yep. And yeah. because the planets are so close together, when you look up in the sky, you'll see all these planets, like the way we see the moon, you'll see all these planets. That's, whoa, whoa, it's whoa, amazing. Whoa, cool, man. And because, That's like some because of the, shit right It is. There. It really is. And, be, and because of their proximity to uh, the sun and the speed that they are orbiting it, they think they're probably tidally locked. So one side of the planet will have sunlight, the other will be in relative darkness. Um, so it, it would be, I mean, it would be incredible to, to look up and see that view. And I was thinking how that would change your appreciation for, you know, the solar system of like, that was this magical 
thing. I mean, it, it would be yeah. it would be incredible because ours with like the the fact that the well, moon. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, God put those put planets there for a reason, right? Like, I, we have to we have to figure out why. You know, we'll, get, we'll to get there one day, and they'll be like, yeah, maybe we'll... we could build a really tall ladder because it's that close and it looks that big. I reckon you could do it. I just wonder if having that amazing view. As that as your society evolves, you would think, "Wow, we're just meaningless, nothing. We're just a speck yeah. in this universe." Or whether you'd think, "Fuck yeah, we got the best planet ever. We are amazing." I, I don't know what well, they I mean, think. We here on Earth have had the moon forever to look at, and it hasn't stopped us from thinking that we're the fucking best. And yeah, but look and at the moon, dude. About anything Let me else, tell you so. about the moon. It's tidally locked, right? You only see one side of it, and I think that sort of it's like a big flat plate yeah. that just hangs there. And I love the moon. Don't get me wrong, I love our moon. But dude, we're talking about seeing like six planets and a giant sun all in perfect like orchestra. Yeah. And it would just be ridiculous. And each of those planets would be visible like a friggin' moon in the sky. And you'd just watch it and think, oh, this is mad. I mean, it's, you know, yeah. it makes our moon look like a like a, a peanut by comparison. But how are we, how would we get there though? Because it's like, they say it's close, but I it's mean, close. it's not close. Oh, this fucking guy, it, this guy on Twitter says to me, it's still a long way away, period. It <laughs> is though. I, I mean, like, 39 dude, light years, that's fucking far man like no that is nothing. nobody's getting out there that is nothing. so the thing is though if there's seven planets there like abundant with new resources yeah. and potential for profit and all that kind of stuff no then no no we'll probably find a way to get there pretty soon no, for sure potentially habitated well, habit right? i mean it, it, all right guys i get it. it it's a long way i get it so it's a long way this will take us hundreds and hundreds of years to get there right At, uh, with our current technology the important fact is that we've found in like this is like our neighbor okay in terms of the galaxy and the scales oh, yeah. involved and everything this thing is like oh my god i didn't even know that this this sainsbury's express was here like and it's just yeah. around the corner unbelievable it's so yeah, convenient nice. those blueberries that yeah I, need. I mean all right it, it, it's still it's still a bit of a walk you got to go down the road take a right take a left and you know sometimes crossing that big road is a bit tricky but it, it's closer than you thought and it's it's pretty much a neighbor. I mean, if we found one that was one light year away, and it, you know, that would be insane. But the fact that it's thirty nine, yeah. it, all right, thirty nine light years sounds like a long way. But geez, we're not even close to leaving the solar system yet. But when by the time we are, that's going to be the most likely destination. It's like, wow, that is actually pretty close. Yeah, that, I think that'll definitely be worth exploring. And I guess if the if the planets have like um you know proper atmospheres and stuff like that it'll be easier to explore yeah but and the technology will advance by then so that you know the people who go there to explore could potentially come back as well bring back a bunch of weird diseases and yeah. like kill us all the issue the issue with too. the uh the exploration is the uh the time dilation that's the issue if you set off on a mission it's like a classic sci-fi story if you set off on a mission to another planet on a sleeper vessel that's like close to light speed by the time you get there uh, time on earth would have passed so much more that they would have overtaken you in technology so what do they call it um generate not a generation ship like oh, there, there's a sci-fi trope about yeah, it. yeah 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 right yeah you know the one so the you know you set off at 39 well we'll get there in 39 years lads because we're traveling at exactly light speed in this vessel yeah yeah and then by the time they get there we've already colonized exactly. it and everybody's laughing at them you fucking caveman welcome <laughs> <laughs> oh look at this piece of shit ship they got guys <laughs> look at the fucking jalopy they showed up in uh, fucking, <laughs> the fucking idiots Send them jesus home. <laughs> um oh, yeah man, so yeah. i mean I, I don't think we'd ever get there opportunity never going to get there in our lifetime but we could certainly 
build a telescope or something to yeah. really have a well, good old peek them. at this thing. Get jealous Here's about the them thing, and... right? We, we look at things under this very, very current view of technology, okay? And that's unfortunately a very poor way to look at things. I think that... Um, science, Jeez, I'm sorry. Science, you, look, 500 years ago, people would would have not have thought what, what we, the internet, like they mobile phones, like they like the stuff that we have today is, is magic to them. Yeah. And uh, in 500 years, it'll be the same. I think what we'll find is that it's hard to conceive now what we can do in the future. And I don't think that's going to be, oh, suddenly Star Trek, fast and light travel. I think it'll be stuff that we don't expect. Like, um, yeah. you know, we'll be able to transfer our brains into a machine or, or, or machines would have taken over or we can freeze people or whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? It'll be, yeah. it'll be something weird. So I, th- I think that, you know, it's nice to know that like, there's other planets out there that are in the habitable zone but bear in mind mars is in the habitable zone and no one's you know we're talking about colonizing that and that's going to be uh, uh, then again a lot of earth is in the habitable zone but no one wants to live there you know antarctic like yeah, the oceans I don't like, know you put that hello antarctic anybody heard of it it's it super not, cold the, it's the, super would, cold I, on on the topic of the, of the oceans i wouldn't live under the ocean that would creep me out but i would definitely live floating on the ocean in really? a floating city or what, like, like a, in water world yeah yeah well like a water world yeah that'd be cool a lot of people have built out onto the ocean in various places though like you know, a lot of um a lot of places like in dubai and and um netherlands and parts of london they just build out onto the, they just reclaim land from the, the yeah. water you know like in you know in jersey where the um where the movie theater is and stuff lewis yeah remember like when you came over here yeah. that's all reclaimed as well yeah that was i mean the sea years ago we'll they, slowly they build, built out onto build it build out yeah. all over onto the sea yeah just a big floating floating barge thing i'm not saying that it's not worth knowing this stuff this is really really cool but as a sort of a, as a cynical kind of from a cynical viewpoint there's a lot more still to do here before we consider trying to build something that will go off and it, it, at the moment don't you know what, like more, is, man, what more is there to do here though we've built all the parking lots and shopping malls we can we need we need to build them somewhere else now lewis <laughs> yeah think of the holiday think of the holiday dollars the space dollar think that's of, a big dollar yeah, think about how big christmas could be on seven new planets <laughs> holy shit <laughs> that's fucking crazy well it might be that we don't even need more space here's the thing there's there's likely to be a point in the future where the global population stabilizes and then perhaps even decreases i think a couple of yeah, the that's planets, why you need new planet it's the only way to persist i think what they'll do with a couple of the planets is they'll they'll sort of like somebody will buy the planet and be like nobody's allowed to live here because we're just they can't going because to of the space treaty completely was pillage it for all of its natural beauty and resources no sips yeah. you can't no, own it, shit but in isn't space. that an interesting they're, concept they'll, they'll reform that they'll change <laughs> it they'll change it to suit them they <laughs> Like when it comes down to it, they're saying that now because there's no nowhere worth having <laughs> that's a in good space. Point. There's, no, there's no money but, up there. But as soon as somebody finds like a planet that's made out of diamonds or something like that, trust me, like yeah. somebody will be like, oh, well, that, well, that one's mine for sure. Like, nobody else can have that. <laughs> dibs. I've, I've got to control these fucking diamonds. I space fucking, dibs. Yeah, exactly. Like that's totally going to happen. Well, yeah. I it's mean, just, you have to have like some taxation on, on some of this stuff in order for it to, you know, that, that was one of the things, wasn't it? Was it Bill Gates was talking a load about like taxing robots or something? Do you remember? Did you did you did you read this? <laughs> taxing robots, oh, that's cool. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah. so like, companies to replace that. their workers with robots don't have to pay, you know, to tax out to people effectively anymore. Do you know what I? You know, I was reading about um, efficiency and about well, like one of the issues with the amount of work that we're doing and the amount of return we're getting for the hours we're working. 
is you'd expect this to be getting more efficient as time's going on, but apparently we're getting less efficient. I, I thought that yeah. was interesting. Or we're less productive. We're what doing, do we're making, well, I don't know. I can't even remember the article. I probably shouldn't have quoted it, but I definitely read something that was like showing how wages are stagnating, productivity is going down, and you'd expect it to be going up, but it's not. So we're actually spending more time working for the same amount. I don't think that's, I don't think that's actually the case. I think like when you look at like um, GDP and things like this and productivity, they always, they always go up and they always have done. I mean, that's, that's like, that's like the mystery of declining productivity growth in the wall street journal oh well well there you go i mean i think think a lot of places though we might well not need to colonize anywhere is what i'm saying because it looks like the population of the earth might no you're wrong you're wrong and then go down you're wrong people will people will always want to get away from no you're wrong about that too (laughs) no trust me though like the same way they wanted to get away from europe back in the day as well there will be people they're going to be like you know what I know a bunch of people that I met on the internet. We got a little community. We believe in dildonians and nobody nobody believes us and they all laugh at us. And you know what? We built a spaceship and peace out, motherfuckers. We're out of here. We're going. Yeah. We're, we're going to go colonize one of these planets before any of you guys get dibs on it. It's the diamond one. And <laughs> we're going to create a new society. We're going to break free from the shackles of um, you guys and we're going to do our own thing. And then... They would That's go. what's going to happen. Yeah. But the, the main reason is cycle. that unless you can get off your original planet as a species within about, uh, I think, I guess you'd probably want to do it within 100,000 years of you achieving sort of sentience, right? And, the, you know, you need to do it because otherwise an asteroid's going to hit the planet and your species is going to be wiped out. The only way to future-proof your, your species is to get out there and start colonizing shit. You have yeah, to yeah. become... You, that's why Mars is important to colonize, exactly. even though it's... You need I don't some know who peeps. I think what they should do, actually, with Mars is just... They should... All, all the prisons on Earth and stuff... Mars. They should just... Like in yeah, Ghosts man, of nobody Mars. Yeah, wants to fucking... Yeah, no one wants to fucking live there. Like, I mean, it needs to be... And this is a little bit of a dystopian sort of scary thing, but it needs to be done kind of by by self building robots. You know, we need to get up a factory in space that can mine and build more factories that mine and build stuff. And so, you know, by the time we get to Mars, we'll go there and robots will have covered the entire surface with concrete luxury metal apartments. <laughs> concrete yeah big <laughs> parking oh lots. we missed we fucked up the programming guys they just pro they concreted the entire planet all the good stuff they forgot underneath. to put down the lines what's up we need a well we got to send <laughs> Where somebody do I out park? there there's no lines painted here line by urgent vacancy for down. a guy <laughs> to paint lines just a giant with car the parking park. lot's not complete with one Jeez. space I, I genuinely think that's probably the best that's that's the most likely sort of thing though it, it, i think that we i think we have to I'm a little bit worried. I don't know. This is maybe some crazy paranoia. Don't worry about that it. There's going to be a limit that the human brain can handle. Okay. And so we're going to have to leave it to computers to, to program and come up with and innovate the next generation of science or, or, or discovery. You know, the super, the, we're going to have to create AIs that can create smarter AIs in order to get to the next advancement tier, right? Of, of, of the next research level I, th- I think that there must be a limit on the human brain you know being there's able no to limit on my brain I love, I, I love your i love your technology tree idea with 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 all this that's that's good I, like you can tell you play a lot of video games yeah as he's well. going right down the tech tree for ai <laughs> but, um but no like 
I don't know that for certain things. Yeah. But there's still a lot of things that can be done that we, you know, there's still a lot of things about nature, like on this planet what that of we, love. we don't know about. Robots and and we're, always, we're always love. finding new things and new ways around things and solutions for, for stuff. Like I'm, I'm sure it's not going to be beyond our means. Like when, when, when a problem comes up sort of thing. But the problem is now is that every, everything on earth is so profit driven that, there's not there's not going to be re- any real advancement that is nothing to do with with profit you know what i mean like it it'll have to be it'll come down to there's a really good commercial reason for doing something and then everybody's going to want to do it do you and know there's going to be just you know huge advancements towards it what scares me when you saying that is what if we're the ferengi maybe what if maybe we, we are actually the are the ferengi it, it it could be that we're the ferengi like I never really considered it before, but I think we are. Now that you mention it, I think I think there's a good chance we're the Ferengi, and nobody well, wants to be the Ferengi. No, no, they were the dicks of Star Trek. Everybody sucks. wants to be the race that Picard is. Although I do best. like my ears being touched. Um, by the way, like there you I'm go. Update with. Tinder mm. with that shit. There you go. I do. Re- I, I was watching Star Trek last night. I've got a little evening ritual. I make my kids watch Next Gen with me every evening at about six o'clock. I, I record them off sci-fi. Man, I, do you know what? That is a good thing to I do know, dude. like that's your kids are going to be really well-rounded from that yeah i'm not even joking ah. i think that that's quality family time that they'll remember when they're I older i think they will and my, my eldest is my, my youngest likes it because we just sit on the sofa and cuddle for an hour and my eldest likes it because she she like the kids love data Data is exactly like a child because he asks. He, I thought you were going to say dad. No, they like yeah. data. The kids love dad time. <laughs> they like data because he asks questions the same way that they ask questions. And data is yeah, very right. much like. What is the sensation I'm feeling in my genitals? <laughs> they gave me right. genitals? <laughs> they say, Why did like they that. do that? Yeah, that, so that they see data say things like. like he has fully a cat. functional. Yeah, so. and they'll say to the cat. You know, he, they'll say, oh, your cat's probably dreaming. He's like, hmm. So then he will sit and watch the cat asleep. He's watching the cat. Am I've I, been watching Spud sleep for two hours. Was, was there an episode where he accidentally pet the cat too hard or something? Because he's like, he, he wasn't like aware this of his of limits. mice and men. Oh. <laughs> Maybe I'm, that's what I'm getting confused with. But I just like, I seem to recall there's like, there was like a controversy around Data not like out in the real world. I mean, like within like the confines of Star Trek: The Next Generation, where he like almost killed a cat. Oh wow! And everybody on board was like, "Data, what the fuck? Like, maybe you shouldn't be looking after a cat." I don't remember like, that episode. I don't know my limits. I'm I'm stronger than I I thought I was. I was just trying to give Mister Cuddles a really good stroke. And <laughs> now almost he's broke his neck. Mister Cuddles can't walk anymore. Right? <laughs> Mister Cuddles is the tripod now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he he says what he's doing all the time. He asks questions all the time. Uh, yeah. He's very straightforward. Whatever he's thinking, he'll say it. And so he's perfect for the kids to follow. He's just like yeah. a character in a kid's Kid, that, movie. That is kids in a nutshell, yeah. always saying what they're doing. Holy crap, I never realized until just now. That's exactly yeah. what they do. It's uh, crazy. So Data is like the kid. So when, when they watch it, they fucking love Data, the Data-centric episodes. They super love. Um, oh, okay. But we watched That's some good. crappy episodes here. Like real... Real mid-season filler episodes, like um, real stinkers, yeah. Like there's one where, oh god, I, I stopped this one ten minutes in. Beverly goes back to her home. She, she's like, I think she's Scottish. Is her clan, the Howard clan? Okay, goes back to her grandmother's house, who's passed away. There's like all this old memorabilia she's looking at, and there's this little cast iron lamp that's lit, 
And this mysterious old man comes to the house and tells her, uh, puts the lamp out while she's upstairs. And she comes out and says, get out of my house. What are you doing? I've inherited this house. This place is mine. He goes, oh, that lamp's brought nothing but misery to your family for generations. And she oh, says, no. don't turn out that lamp. It's the Howard lamp. He goes, it's cursed. The lamp is cursed. All the women in your house. And she turns it back on. And he says, all right, I'm going. But it's on your heed. And I thought, all right. <laughs> so he leaves, and then she put, turns the lamp back on. And I was like, this looks terrible. I turn on the synopsis, and it said, Beverly Crusher is haunted by an 800-year-old ghost. And I was like, fuck this. I was like, kids, oh, you're going fuck. to bed. We're not watching this episode. It sounds like ass. They're never... They, I mean, Beverly Crusher is a support character who should never have any character development or progression. You know, she just needs to, <laughs> to turn up every once in a while and be like, Captain... You have to see this. You're a leper, Captain. It's, it's not right. It's not right for your dick and your balls to be fused together like that, <laughs> Captain. We're going to have to do it. Data! Data, get, get, get me the scalpel, Data. Jesus Christ, what the fuck is wrong with my genitals? Jeez. You know, like, she, that's that's her role. Not Pass to have the space scalpel. Not to have a fucking whole, you know, family lineage thing where she has to go back oh, like nobody, awful. nobody gives a fuck you know same with same with will crusher like who cares how he got there and who his dad is and stuff just fucking you know learn how to fly the fucking ship and shut up like that's it that's all you got to do you know leave the cool stories to Riker and yeah. data and Wolf, you know, give me. I mean, Wolf's occasionally Jordy LaForge as well. You know, God, do you he's, know he's all right. Jordy, by the way, I think that his character is interesting. He gets in this relationship. Um, I think you guys remember this. This was like a multiple episode story arc. So at one point they need to save the Enterprise, and he has to create uh, a hollow deck simulation of the woman who invented the warp drive, or who this particular version of the warp drive. Yeah. So he creates this holodeck version of her. It builds a personality for her from its database. Yeah, and he starts to fall in. And love And he with falls it. in love with it, and then he meets the yeah. real one, and she's a real kind of a bitch and, and not interested because you know she's like, look, just let's get the job over with. I'm not into you. Can we just hurry up? I want to go home. And yeah. he's like, oh man, yeah. and he's super this sad. Is I this it was is funny. the rapiest episode of yeah, he's basically, TNG, by the way. He is like yeah. that. But the thing is, Gene Roddenberry apparently was a bit of a shit, uh, to put it bluntly. And the reason that Gates McFadden and a bunch of other women have left Star Wars over the years is because of him and his comments and stuff like that. So, I mean, he has that episode where... Oh, there's, I read a really... It's a really good article highlighting all the terrible, especially in the earlier Star Treks, um, the, the terrible attitudes that Gene Roddenberry has toward, towards women. And uh, I think he like he was just a complete shit because he was like a hero of mine for Star Trek. But like all of all of my heroes, it turns out they're assholes. You see, you should have you should have pictured him taking a dump, man. Then you I wouldn't should've. have held him in such high esteem. I think I think that they knew this about him beforehand. Yeah, I mean, I think that he, yeah, it's like a lot of. It's, mm. I think in the seventies, in order to work in television, in in Britain or in the UK, you just had to be uh, either a, a molester or a drug addict or a drunk of, or something. That was the, that was how you got in. You couldn't get in and just with talent. I was like, hey, have you uh, done anything inappropriate in your career? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I pinch women's asses all the time. Sometimes I beat them up. Okay, yeah, you can be an exec producer. <laughs> <laughs> Man, do people actually pinch people's butts anymore? Like, uh, I do. Do you? Yeah, but only my wife's. And I don't pinch you it actually, like you, pinch. You physically pinch her butt. Just that I How give it a squeeze. How big is the pinch? Well, I don't oh, use, I don't use like a, a hand Yeah, I don't use a mechanical pincher. No, 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 no that's no, what I'm talking like, about. I'm talking about the mechanical pinch. Is it like a little thumb and finger pinch, or is it like a thumb and it's like a whole hand? I, I pinch. don't. You know when you pinch someone and you pinch just a tiny bit of skin, that really hurts, right? 
I don't yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking like, imagine if you were squeezing a, a tomato like to see how ripe ass, it was. Like, I'm like testing yeah. the ripeness of that butt. That's that's the kind of pitch we're talking about. Like a right, that, that's well, not really. Always, a, that's a grab. Yeah, yeah, I always that's a grab. That's not a pinch. Like I thought a pinch was always like to like because because you see in the old in the old like cliche movies where the the woman like frightens like leaps away yeah, from woo! you. Uh, yeah, yeah, because she's yeah because yeah, that hurts. Be I'm, getting pinched fucking horrible. hurts, man. Like it doesn't yeah, matter. It does. Pinching is it's, one of the most evil things you can do to someone. Honestly, I think. Yeah, it, oh, it you know where it really hurts? Pinch like behind the the top of your arm oh, you know yeah. like where your oh. you, like well, where your bingo thigh, wings are inside oh, of the thigh really there and the bingo wings why would you do oh, that so horrible oh, well when you're in school though that you like i used like we used to pinch people like at school like as a joke sort of thing so like if somebody was standing outside in the smoking area and you'd sneak up behind them and like you know pinch the back of their leg or the back of their arm or something just like as like a Hey, kids are yeah, kids do dumb really shit mean. like that, though, right? Someone yeah. pinches me, I'm gonna punch him in the fucking mouth. That's it. Now, yeah, if I get pinched as an adult, look out! Like I'm gonna fucking go into rage mode. I don't want to be pinched at all. Like actually, I've got, I've got like a, a a sphere around me, like my own personal space. I don't want you in that. You get like, in there, anyone, it's, it's go much. time. Yeah, that's it. That's it. it's over. If you if you step into that area, so pinching, whatever, forget it. I don't want. I don't want to know about it. But yeah, like it's it's such a it's such a thing though. It's like a cliche, isn't it? Like, hey, hey, hot stuff. Like, pinch pinch a girl's butt or whatever. Like, no, nobody actually does that. Like, it's impossible, right? Like, do people did people used to do that in like the fifties? I don't know. Or or, or or like nobody does it now, right? Or do people still anyone anyone with any pinching stories? No, I mean I don't. I've never pinched anyone. Oh uh, no, I've never pinched anybody. I pinch girls' asses all the time. Of course, oh, you right, do. So many. It's always one. Yeah. Every, always every, one. every restaurant I'm in, I'm like, hey, yeah. baby. <laughs> Pitch. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. a Get us another guy. one of those whiskers smooth sliders or whatever. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Pinch, Jeez. pinch. Yeah, no. <laughs> Jesus. It's not Benny Hill. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's it. That's Benny Hill, isn't it? Running after like a column of women trying to pinch their butts. Yeah. I mean, he was like pretty gross, wasn't hey. he? Like, oh. Oh, Benny Hill. Oh, he. I, yeah, I've I looked he it up. Like I, I, I figured, like when when U Tree was happening. For any American viewers who don't know what U Tree is, is it a massive investigation the police did in into the fact that most of the people it seems that were on television in the seventies and eighties were rapists or child molesters or just awful people um, alongside that. And I I felt Benny Hill was a fucking shoo-in for you, Tree. Had to be. Had to be. <laughs> yeah. Like, he was on my he list of number the, one. All the Hallmark characteristics, right. doesn't he? Rolf Just... Harris was not on my list of potentials. Benny Hill? No. Right on there. And it turns out, like, Benny Hill, I haven't heard anything bad about him. I think... Because he was he was just his TV show was perverted, right, and kind of twisted. But he apparently just wasn't. He was like a nice guy. But all the guys who yeah. seemingly had wholesome and 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 pleasant shows. They were the perverts. Fucking Rolf, yeah. Rolf Harris, dude, the guy with the most. Bill innocent Cosby, act- allegedly, as well. Yeah, this is. I think so. Have- the more innocent they seem, the less innocent they am. That's my take on <laughs> it. I got gotcha. Right. Yeah. Oh my god. Right. Well. That is um that is that is all we got time for today because we're gonna make it a short one. What about uh, bodega? Me, me and P Flex need to need to have a lie down. I think if you've done a bodega, we can do I one. Got a, yeah, I got a pretty pretty sweet bodega. sweet and short bodega right here. All wicked, right. but let's wicked. do it. Wicked because because of the criticisms of the Spanish language intro, I've had to go for English. I don't know how to say something. Okay, 
Bodega Park. What? I can I can try to say it. Okay. What is it? 16. 16. Is it Dieciseis? No idea. You tell yeah. me You tell me what you think it is and I'll pronounce it. I, my I my pronunciation of Spanish okay. words is incredible. It is. I apparently. think it's Bodega Park Dieciseis. Dieciseis. Beautiful. DHS. Bodega Park DHS. Sniper class, you will come to attention, barked the burly instructor. He had the self-assurance of a toddler, stood, hands on hips, on the brow of a low ridge at the firing range on Cavell 7. Uh, 6, sorry. His clothes were so khaki-coloured that they all... I don't want to get my Cavells mixed up. His clothes were so khaki-coloured that they almost acted as camouflage against the backdrop of the dull brown sky. His uniform fluttered in the strong wind that was battering them all. The windsock, a few metres behind him, was pulled completely horizontal, but it dipped suddenly as the breeze died for just a moment before spiralling vertically as a strong breeze ripped it upwards, then back to horizontal. The wind was nuts. As ordered, the 12 young recruits snapped to attention. The instructor descended the small ridge and began walking back and forth before them, inspecting them with menace. My name is Torque Murble, and the instructor here at the Kuvail Royal Stopper Academy. You have been selected by your local cadet school because you've shown aptitude beyond the norm. However, he said, turning sharply and wagging a finger at them, what your school considers aptitude is not what I consider aptitude. What you are right now is scrub stains. You couldn't hit the broadside of a herd of whoopals. You shoot worse than Berflinian shock surrender troops. This caught the attention of a young man named Bodega, who began daydreaming. I heard of those fellers, he thought. My daddy told him back on our whoople ranch. Whoople ranch, huh? Ever hit the broadside of one? Snapped the instructor. Sir, I didn't say nothing, pleaded Bodega, mystified. Why don't you tell me all about Berflanian shock surrender troops, since you know so much, if you will, Cadet Bodega? Well, sir, uh, stammered Bodega. Way I heard it, Berflanian's got a whole mess of folks down on their world, and when it comes to fighting, they just try to overwhelm the enemy with numbers. The number of Berflanians all trying to surrender is what it is, sir. Would you bless us with your critique of this tactic, cadet? Asked Talk Merble, squinting at the young man before him with mock interest. I think if them Berflinians just had some sack to them, they might be able to fight instead of acting like a bunch of Dildonians about it, sir. Fight, huh? <laughs> I see, I see, young cadet Bodega here clearly understands warfare. Perhaps you can give us a demonstration of your abilities, young General Bodega, laughed Merble, grabbing Bodega by the collar and encouraging him with great vigor to make friends with the firing position on the ground next to them. Grab that standard issue Mark I Shrovian sniper weapon cadet, shouted Merble, so close to his ear that a tiny glob of spittle shot its way inside. Uh, yes sir, yes sir, said Bodega slowly before calmly pressing the butt of the rifle into his shoulder and supporting it with his arms. Do you see that target at the far end of the range, cadet? asked Merble, feigning concern. Sir, I could see it just fine, sir, said Bodega. The wound brought a tear to Bodega's eye, but he ignored it, and the tear rolled quickly across his forehead, leaving a cold trail in his skin. Chamber one round of standard issue Shrovian 10mm sniper heart caliber, if you please, said Merble. Bodega chambered the round. He looked at the target, which was barely visible at a distance of six kilometers. He began calming his breathing. Smooth breaths, in, out, in, out. Don't panic, don't snatch at the trigger, don't let Merble put you off. Think I'm gonna try and put you off, huh? Whispered Merble in his ear. I know you think you're hot flarv, boy. I've seen thousands of cadets in my time, and they all think <laughs> the same flarv. thing. They think they'll shut me up by hitting that target, and I'll pin a medal on their chest and I'll retire on the spot. That's what they all think, Cadet Bodega. But ain't even one of them come close. And with that, Marble stood to his full height and grinned a real scrub-eating grin. Bodega fixed the old man with a hard stare. I'm thinking when I make this shot, 
you'll give me a pass and let me skip this class so I never have to see your face again, you flarvin' chaffle munger. There ain't nothing you could teach me, thought Bodega. Merble knelt down, his face only inches from Bodega's. It's a deal, said Merble, his voice almost lost on the wind. Bodega said nothing. He turned back to look down the rifle and its target. There was a reason the sniper school was on Cuvel. The huge planet revolved at a fantastic rate, with a day-night cycle only three hours long. As a result, it had extremely strong winds, and its Coriolis effect was off the charts. Add to that, it's stronger than normal gravity, and it was the worst possible conditions for a sniper. You'd do well to hit a target on Cuvel, the saying went. It was not a popular saying. Fire when ready, Florence <laughs> face, said Merble. Bodega stared down the scope of the rifle. It was grainy, old. The rifles they were using were ex-military for a reason. They'd seen a lot of use. The barrels were worn, the sights were worn, the triggers were temperamental. It don't matter none to me, old man, Bodega thought. I learned to shoot with a homemade rifle my daddy gave me anyhow. Using the scope, he looked for signs of which ways the wind was blowing. Over six kilometers, the wind would be traveling every direction imaginable. The bullet he would fire would be struck from all sides by buffeting breezes, pulled downwards by gravity, and suffered crazy deviation from the Coriolis effect. He had to take it all into account when he pulled that trigger. Add to this the target itself. Six kilometers hence, high atop a dull gray post, a small metal plate had been affixed. It was circular, it was pristine, and it was only 10 centimeters in diameter. Ain't nobody ever hit the target, Cadet Bodega, said Merble, squatting beside him. Hope you got a spare, said Bodega. Behind him, the class laughed softly. Go ahead, hotshot. Whenever you're ready to show us what the big mouth leads to, you just go ahead and yank that trigger, said Merble. Bodega took one more look. He sensed the path of the bullet. He visualized it striking the target and knocking it clean off its post. He felt for the trigger, took a deep breath, held it. Firing, said Bodega. He squeezed the trigger. No sooner had the observers felt the faint concussive shock of the weapon firing than, with a colossal crack, the barrel of the rifle split clean in two, and the entire weapon fell apart in Bodega's hands. Merple let out a huge whoop of laughter and began laughing so hard his face turned bright red. The rifles are dead, he screamed, before shrieking with laughter again. <laughs> Seven seconds later, his laughter was cut short by a distant metallic ping. All eyes turned to the target, which fell silently to the ground. Works fine, said Bodega, standing and extending his hand to Merble. Sir, I believe we had a deal, he said calmly. Merble, trembling with disbelief, reached out and shook Bodega's hand. You, you, you're excused, Cadet, Cadet Bodega, he mumbled. Bodega turned to his former classmates. Been a pleasure, boys. See you at Chow. And with that, he strode back towards the barracks, where, with the rest of his squad absent, he would spend his newly found free time masturbating furiously. The end. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Bravo. What a what a bodega. What a bodega. Oh, it's nice to have some from the uh, from the from the from the past. A bodega from the past. A prequel. It's a hell of a, he remember, he's will. the best sniper, not only at that sniper school. Yeah, you gotta you gotta elaborate on that point, you know. He didn't just get those skills from nowhere. He didn't get those skills out of a crackerjack box. <laughs> Did he? Now nope. no. No, it's, it's weird. I said I was talking in the the story about how windy it was, and today it's windy as Flav. Have you seen it out there? Yeah, we're getting like a tail end of a hurricane. Yeah, D- Dennis or something. Doris, like Doris. But it's yeah, insane. Hurricane. It's out the there. same. It was fucking super windy here this morning and raining like a motherfucker. Like, it just looked like it was going to be the worst day ever. Five minutes later, it's glorious. It's oh, like fucking okay. sunny. There's no wind. I think it's that's because you're in the eye of the storm now. It's directly overhead. We must be right in the, yeah, right in the center of it. Yeah. Oh, man. 
Good place to be. At least I can actually go out and suntan a bit. Today. All right. Well, listen, we're going to go. Yeah, Thanks for listening to Trifles this week, everybody. Lewis is sick, um, so we're stopping. We'll be back next week with some more. I'm fine. I'm going to carry on. I'm going to carry on going. So see you guys later, uh, and I'll, I'll fill for the rest of the, the, the hit. Cool. Our, no, I'm just joking. Bye. 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 Bye.